Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Each episode is taken from a chapel message given here at Emmaus. For more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Good morning. I'm looking at these pews. This used to be my spot. This used to be my spot. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on Israel. I spent a lot of time in this place. And it was amazing when the Lord called me from New Orleans to come all the way to Iowa City so that he can start doing the work in my life. And uh, for some reason, he has not laid it on my heart to leave Iowa and to return to New Orleans. I'm not upset with him about that. I'm not mad with the Lord about that. In fact, my wife of 32 years, I met in Iowa. So we've been married. She is an alumni of Emmaus as well. And so to come back here, I was actually looking at, uh, how many of you guys remember what a VCR is? (laughs) All right. I was looking at some tapes from 1994 when uh, I was on... uh, an intramural team, football team called Emmaus Dolphins. Emmaus Dolphins. Well, the quarterback of the team was a Dolphin fan. So it was Emmaus Dolphins. I wanted it to be the New Orleans Saints but, or the uh, Emmaus Saints. That, that sounds more biblical, right? Emmaus Saints. <laughs> but uh, I looked at those tapes, and I was looking at my little girl who is now 30 years old. She was a little bitty person. Everybody at the school enjoyed my little girl. In fact, I had to remind myself she belonged to us. How you doing, Doc? She belonged to us. And when I think about my relationship at this school and with uh, some of the leaders who are still here, uh, I, I thank God for the investment. I thank him for the investment that he poured into my life. So that in turn, I I pray that I represent those who poured into my life well. That when when, when I'm out and about, I represent a multitude of realities. I represent Emmaus Bible College. So when someone says, well, hey, who are you? I'm David Martin. Uh, Well, do you have any formal training? Well, I think so. I went to Emmaus Bible College. Right. But I want them to come to the realization is that, guess what? The Bible college instructed me and poured in me, gave me tools to use. But it was God who really put me on the potter's wheel to make me what I am today. And guess what? What I am today is nobody. If I can maintain that state of mind that I'm nobody, trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody, then my life won't be lived in vain. And so in order for God to forge me into the fire, I'm reminded of the scriptures, and I I was told that you guys are actually spending time in the Psalms. And so I'm looking at the Psalms, and Psalms 40 is where we'll be today. There's so much meat on this bone that I, I I won't be able to do justice, Doc. But God will. Mark God will today. And in the text, let's read this again. 
I'm using the New American Standard. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. And he put a new song in my mouth and a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to, turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O oh Lord my God, are the wonders which thou hast done. In thy thoughts toward us, there is none to compare to thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. When I look at this psalm and, and I think of what the writer is saying in the earlier portions of the psalm, a lot of psalms are personal. A lot of psalms are personal. The writer is telling you about his experience. He's not necessarily trying to present doctrine. He's just telling you his experience. Sometimes he used metaphors just to express what he's going through. And I've learned that in times of trouble as well as in times of celebrations, it is good to go to the Psalms because there are times when you're going through something and you read the Psalms, all of a sudden enlightenment takes place. Illumination takes place. You will look at the psalm and say, that's what I'm going through. I'm experiencing that same thing. And I can identify with the psalmist. When I think of the psalm, I, I, I just see some things here. And, and again, I'm just peeling, I'm just, just, just cutting some meat off the bone this morning. When I, when I look at this psalm, when I look at the psalm itself, it's clear to me that David has gone through a test. David has gone through a test. David went through the test. David didn't remain in the test. David went through a test. David came out on the other side with a testimony. The man David was prior to the test wasn't the man he was outside of the test. David experienced something, and only through the test did he come out on the other side with a greater appreciation of what God has done. Everybody wanted testimony. But in order to get that testimony, you have to go through a test. David is looking back in hindsight. David is looking back, seeing what God brought him from. David could just sing this song personally, but David wants this psalm to be a psalm that is something corporately everybody can participate in. For every true child of God will go through a test. They will go through something to prove that they are what they say they are. And David went through a test. I look at this, I say, wow, Lord. Could the people of God be encouraged from the song? 
can the people of God be encouraged by King David? When I look at this, I realize that the greatest reality of David's life is God. Practically, there's times David lost sight of God. But in reality, David's greatest reality is his relationship to God. We, are, we, we know David from the star of David. I know people who walk around with the star of David on their neck. Have you ever seen people like that? Do you have one? Or do you walk around with just a cross? The star of David. When we look at the text, David is clearly the person that we see. David is clearly the one who is speaking. David is clearly letting us know about this song, and he's put his situation in song. Do we know people who write songs and they're good singer-songwriters? Many of us appreciate a good singer-songwriter. We identify with those individuals. David is on that pyramid. David is responsible for at least half the psalms that we have before us in the book of Psalms. There are many more that he wrote that is not documented or recorded. But for this purpose, David is responsible for half the Psalms that we look at. In this particular one, David is reminding his audience, the recipients, those who will look at the Psalm, and they will think about the king going through an experience. And when I thought about this, the star, the one who God put in a spotlight is David. But ultimately, the one that outshines David is God himself. The star has to bow down to the ultimate reality. And in the Psalms, David makes it known that, the, that he was not able to deliver himself. There are some other realities I see in the Psalms. One is that David tells us that he was available. In this song, David was available. David always, in this song, reminds us of his inabilities. And also in the song, he realized the abilities of God. When we look at this song, I, I, I was just looking at the song and I'm saying to myself, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. In verse 1, David says, he inclined to me. Who is the he? Verse 2, he brought me up out of. Verse 2b, and he set my feet upon a rock. Verse 3, and he put a new song in my mouth. He's Focusing on the abilities of God, the power of God. That's important when we go to prayer. I think when I look at the Psalms, it's very important when we go to prayer to recognize that when we go to, before God, we go before God humble. Lord, I don't have it. I don't have it within me. My resources, they're not able. I'm short. The people I trust in, they can't help me. Lord, I come before you humble. I come before you needy. I'm not coming before you proudful. I'm coming before you in humility. When I look at the song, 
But we must come to God and make ourselves available to him in order for him to work in our lives. We, we got to make ourselves available before God. Amen? Oh, what a shame not to be available. Available in, in relationship to him, to make ourselves available. God, I want to spend time with you, but guess what? God wants to spend time with us in prayer, in intimacy. David is telling us that he went to the one who was able. How many of us know that God is able? In your present situation, do you know that God is able? One of the things I think about, I don't question God's able to do it. My, 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 my thought at times is, is he willing to do it? I don't question his Abilities. God is the sovereign reality of all the universe. Because of God, everything exists and has its being. Apart from him, nothing exists that exists. God is able. God does not depend on any outside counsel to make a decision. Independent of any and everything, God decided to create for his own sake and for his own purpose, for his own namesake, for his own glory. And everything that he does has everything to do with who he is and how meaningful it is to him. When I look at this psalm, I realize that it's critical to realize that the one who's praying to God is the king of earth. He is the ruler on earth. There's no kingdom greater than the kingdom that David rules and reigns over. But David realized that he had a need that he himself could not meet. And he needed to go outside himself in order for that need to be met. It's a terrible thing to have a need and not have, to have anything on the outside to meet that need. If there's nothing that you can trust in that has the ability to make the change, it will cause you to be disenchanted with reality and cause you to fall below the line of despair. And once you fall below the line of despair, any and every other ill will take place. But when you realize, <laughs> when you realize that God is not against you, but that God is for you, in light of everything that you might have to go through, you know that there's still hope. David waited for the Lord. And, and when he says this, looking at verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. I know we're not going to get too far with this one because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm trying to get as much off this bone as I possibly can. This, this is a good tasting meat on this bone. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. And when I, when I read this early in my life, I said, well, David waited patiently. I didn't understand that David waited and waited and waited and waited. How many of us will wait, wait, 
a way and connect patience with that. David was at a point that he can rest in God. This is not David's first trial. This is not David's first experience with circumstances that was opposed to what he wanted. When we're confronted in our infancy stage of knowing God, our patience is very thin. God has to do a work in our lives to continue to work on us, continue to mold us, continue to make us, continue to put us in situations, and then we come out of it. He puts us into another one. We come out of it to harden us, to develop calluses so that we are not as sensitive early on as we are later on. David waited and waited. And waited. The Bible gives us ex- examples of how David waited. David was like a prouncing lion waiting for his prey. As the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 4 about uh, Cain, when, 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 when God says, if you do not well, sin is crouching at the door to take hold of you. David waited for God. David was crouching for God. David was waiting for God like the psalmist says in Psalms 56, verse 6, like enemies lurking to get his, to, to get his prey, to bring it down and destroy it, to do damage to it. But David wasn't trying to do damage. David was lurking for God, the author and the finisher of his faith. How are you doing with your crouching? How are you doing with your lurking? When I was a youngster and I didn't have a car, I had to wait on the transit. How many people know what I mean by transit? How many people wait on the, no, y'all, y'all don't know that. You guys got Uber and all kind of stuff, right? The principle is the same. When you really got to go somewhere and you call an Uber or you waiting on the bus, when it seems as though the bus is running late, Are you all right with that? (laughs) Do you start to become unsettled? Do you become unstable? Do you find yourself coming up with a second plan just in case? Do you find yourself making decisions mentally that you normally wouldn't make if the bus was on time or the Uber driver was on time? David waited. He waited. He, he was, he, it, it, the, the word patience is amazing. How many of us want patience? Raise your hand if you want patience. I, I know you're a Bible student, so you know what's the next thing going to come up, right? How many of you pray for patience? <laughs> pray for patience. What happens when you pray for patience? No, no, no. God sends trials into your life to develop patience. That's what happens. When you want to be patient, when you want to develop calluses to be able to trust God and to wait on God, you need to go through something so you can find out how it is to wait. You go through something to find out what you're like waiting. God sends trials into our life so that we can develop 
David at this point was developed in areas that we say, wow, Lord, I'm praying not necessarily for patience, but I'm praying for the gift of resting. Help me to rest in you. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ when there was a storm on the water and the disciples was going crazy because it appeared as though the ship was about to break, their fishing boats was about to break, snap in half, and where was Jesus? He was at the bottom of the ship resting. They went down to wake him up. The best thing would have happened for them is that they would have went down and went to sleep with him. <laughs> right? <laughs> let, me, let me go to sleep until this thing is over, right? But they, they could not sleep. They went down to disturb the Prince of Peace so that the Prince of Peace can bring rest upon the water. He waited and he waited patiently. Some of you, you got classes, you got assignments, right, where you need to wait and trust in God. You had a place where, guess what, you would think this would be easy, and you're finding out it's not easy, it's hard. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you're in the right environment, but your mind ain't right at times. You're in the right environment. This is the environment that is necessary to equip you to be able to know God better, to trust him more. I was here like that. I was here just like that. Know what I'm still doing? Learning how to trust him more. Trust him more. I'm going to just look at another thought because I know they gave me until at least five after. No, they say maximum five after. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm just trying to get as much off this bone. We have not moved from verse 1. <laughs> we have not moved from verse 1. One of the things I realized as David made himself available, as David could not trust his abilities, and David called on the one who was able, David placed this call to God, and the good news was his faith, was in the right object. Amen. It was in the right object. There are some people who put their faith in prayer, not in God. They believe because they prayed, that will turn the tide. David put his faith in God. David had great thoughts of God. That caused him to trust in God. David had great thoughts of God. Psalms 139 tells us just how deep God was manifesting himself to David. In fact, in Psalms 139, since we're already here, let me just look at that verse. Psalms 139, David makes this thought. Think about this. David prayed to God. Let me look at verse 4. Look what he says in verse 4, Psalms 139, verse 4. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. Imagine this. David praying to God, and David know in advance that before a word rolls off of his tongue, guess who already knows it? God. 
that didn't stop David from opening his mouth. All right, that should help you and I today. God, I know you know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Right? Because this is what you require. Men should always pray and never what? Faint. That's men and women, just in case you think I'm just trying to be a male chauvinist. That's men and women. That's boys and girls. That's rich and poor. Free and slave. Everyone who has a personal relationship with God ought to pray and never faint. You ever found yourself fainting in prayer? Getting weak in prayer? Getting to the point that it doesn't matter anyway? Tell God about that. Let him know, Lord, this is where I am. Is this what you wanted to show me? Take me from this place to where you would have me to be. When David thought of God, he realized that God was more than his mind can handle. Look in verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. The God in who David was reaching out for was a God of great knowledge, great wisdom, great insight. This is who you and I deal with today. God is not an old man. See, if I'd have came here yesterday, you'd have saw gray underneath my chin. You'd have saw gray underneath my chin. I think I shaved off 20 years. You know, people look at me and says, how old are you? And I say, I'm 58. They look at me, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. My body is 97. Because <laughs> I'm feeling all kind of aches and pains. Right? <laughs> and when I think about that, God rescued me at the age of 21. And there's some of the songs we was, we was reading. I, I, I understood that gray. You, Doc, I know you saw that too. And that song is talking about where now as we're older, it's turned different colors for us. But you know what hasn't changed? Or put it better, haven't diminished? My hope in God. It's just that as I get older, the trials become more difficult, more different, right? I mean, you, you think about different things as you get closer to seeing the master. You know, I look forward to seeing him. I look forward to seeing him because he's been so good to me. I have great thoughts of God, enough to last for the rest of my life until he calls me home. There's nothing that can possibly happen that will cause me to turn my back on him. But greater still, there's nothing that can possibly happen that will cause him to remove me from his presence. Nothing. Nothing. Not the loss of my wife or my children. Nothing. The loss of my job. I would cry. But the stability of it all is, guess who is there with me in my tears? When I'm grieving, guess who is there grieving with me? He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I want to encourage you today. We just looked at a, just, just a couple of slivers. A couple of slivers. My, my question for you is, are you waiting on the Lord? Are you trusting in the Lord? How are you doing? Let's go to God in a word of prayer.
Heavenly Father, your word is enriching and it's powerful. We realize that when we look at your word, it wasn't just good for the original audience, the original recipients, but Lord, your word has been written for every generation that we might learn from the things that you did in the past so that we can find encouragement according to Romans today. We also look in your word and realize that your word can warn us about murmuring and complaining from the past. But our hope in the text this morning is that we can find encouragement from the past. We can trust in you today as David trusted in you so long ago. I pray for this student body. I pray for the teachers, the administrators, those who are less noted as well as those who are in the spotlight. Lord, teach and shape and mold and build each one of us so that we can be at that place where we can wait patiently with expectation in the God in whom we trust. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.